Good morning, Zoomers. Good to have you here with us this morning. Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas to one and all. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You're awesome. To us a son is given. The very first Christmas gift. Jesus. God's ultimate gift to humanity. Just thinking about what Tom read this morning and what would it be like for us if we were still waiting? Still waiting for Messiah to come and bear our sins. Maybe we would be, you know, in darkness, not, not even understanding that we were sinners in need of a Savior, right? And the, the uh, uh, United States, prosperous, you know, and all that. Probably wouldn't give it a second thought. We might have some Jewish friends that talk about God or, you know, whatever. Wow, what a difference. God's gift to humanity. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He is first and foremost a Savior. That's... I mean, we, we, we looked at this passage last week, Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you walked, following the course of this world, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were lost, we were separated from God, right? No hope in the world, according to the scriptures, couldn't be good enough. Right? Judged, condemned by our sins, condemned by the law. There was no hope. No hope to be saved. Hmm. He is a Savior. He is a Savior. He, the sinless one, the only sinless one, qualified then to be our substitute upon that cross to bear our sin, to bear the penalty of our sin. All of God's wrath poured out upon Him so that our sin debt could be wiped clean. We could be forgiven. We could be cleansed. We could be reconciled to a holy God through Jesus. What an over-the-top gift to the undeserving like us, right? All of mankind. What an incredible over-the-top gift. And yet, uh, what we find in Jesus, our gift from God, is more, so much more. Have you ever seen those nesting dolls? Um, see a picture of them there? You know, you, when, they're, when they're all inside the one, you see the one, it's, it's nice, it's bright, it's beautiful. You say, oh, this is pretty, this is a great gift. And then you open it up, and then there's another one, and then there's another one, and another one. And depending upon, there could be, you know, a dozen in there or so, right? 
And that's the way it is with Jesus. He is ultimately our Savior, right? That's the ultimate gift to us, is our salvation through him. But when you open that gift up, you find another gift, and another gift, and another gift, and another gift. So let's open some gifts. It's Christmas morning, right? Let's open some gifts together. And now, this would be exhaustive. We could be here for a week, right? But I'm just going to highlight a few of them today. The second gift, I want to entitle the message this morning, When You Have Jesus, in other words, you have it all, right? The second gift we want to open today is the gift of the love of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. I like this in the NIV. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We who receive Jesus as our Savior become God's chosen people. Chosen, right? We are holy, it says here. Chosen and holy, it's kind of the same thing. To be holy means to be set apart, right? This this, this altar, we, we, we don't just grab these candles and, and use them for anything. We don't, you know, use this cross, uh, you know, as a pry bar. I mean, if I, even when I say that, you cringe inside, right? Why? Because this is holy. It's sacred. It's set apart for God, right? We are chosen out of the world, set apart for God, made special. And, and, and look at it. Chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Dearly loved. Now, yes, God so loved the whole world, didn't he? God is love. He loves the whole world enough to send his son to die on the cross. Absolutely. But now we who have received Christ are not just set apart. We are adopted. We are his own children. Right? How much more then are we loved? God has his love for the world, but he has for us a familial love, a family love for his own kids. There is a deeper sense of affection for you and me. (laughs) With all of our faults and failures and imperfections, God's arms are always open to us, his kids. The Hebrew word for this love is hesed. It's translated in the Old Testament as steadfast love. Or another translation might say loyal love. Okay? It's a love that is committed to us no matter what. As it is written, Hebrews 13 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. To forsake someone is not to be there to help them when they need you. Right? That's what it means to forsake. You ever been forsaken by people? Probably all have. God says, I won't do that. God says, I will never forsake you. No matter what the situation is, God is there for us, committed to be there. Yes, it is a heartfelt affection, which, which to me just blows me away, right? That God could love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this, the song says. 
But it's more than just warm feelings. It's commitment, steadfast commitment. Aren't you glad for the gift of the love of God? Not only does he say he'll never forsake us, he says, I will never leave you. How about we unwrap this morning the gift of God's presence? How many just love it when you feel the presence of God? Have you ever really just felt the presence of God uh, in, a, in, a, in a church service, during worship, in your own personal time, in your prayer time, whatever? You just sense and feel the presence of God. It's just so wonderful. Right? Just so one. I remember when, after my backsliding years, seven years away from the Lord, and finally someone said to me one night, I said, you know, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be with the Lord, but every night before I go to bed, I, I ask forgiveness for my sins. And I had been away from the Lord for like seven years, and something about that, all of a sudden, the, the, the peg shifted and the square fit, you know, and it just clicked in my heart. And I went back to my apartment and I opened that door. And the presence of God was so thick in there, you could cut it with a knife. And I can remember just kneeling in front of my couch and I said, Lord, you, you, you took me once. Would you take me back? And it was like two great big arms came out of heaven and said, welcome home. <clears throat> The presence of God. We love it when we feel it. But can I tell you that he is just as present when you don't feel it? I know we like the other better. I'm with you there. But do you know he is just as present when you don't feel it? When he feels a million miles away. When it feels like your prayers are bouncing back off the ceiling and they're not getting through, he is just as present. He said, I will never leave you. Jesus to his disciples and us. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God who cannot lie says, I will never leave you. And when you think about it, when you and I receive Christ, what happens? The Holy Spirit of God comes into us, in literally into our bodies. Uh, Paul says, don't you know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Our human spirit, the Holy Spirit, intermingled, right? And he doesn't come in and go out and come in and go out and come in and go out and come in and go out. No. He says, I will never leave you. He is with us always, whether we feel him or not. Aren't you glad this morning for the gift of the presence of God? Let's open one more, shall we? Romans Chapter 3, beginning of verse 21, says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption 
that is in Christ Jesus. Now, follow me here. As we have been taught all of our lives, there is right and there is wrong. Okay? Right and wrong. Good and bad. If you do the right things, you're good or righteous. If you do the wrong things, you're bad. You're unjust. Right? So it all depends on the rules. What do the rules say? You do right, you do wrong, here's the rules, right? And that's how it was in the Old Testament. To be righteous or to be right with God, you had to keep the law which God gave to Moses. And you had to keep it perfectly, which they couldn't do because God's, God's righteousness or, or his standard of how good we need to be how is perfection, isn't it? Anything less than perfection is sin. You know why that is? Is it just because God is, you know, just stubborn like that? Like he's just ah, all about himself or whatever? No. God himself is perfect. Perfectly good, perfectly righteous, perfectly just, perfectly holy. And you, you, you kind of get a sense of this where it talks about our God being a consuming fire, you know, in the scriptures. Sin can't be in his presence. He is so utterly holy, sin cannot survive in his presence. It would be burned up, right? So likewise, if we are in sin, we are imperfect, right? For us to be, you know, isn't that what he told Moses? If you looked on my face, nobody can look on my face and live. Why? Because he is perfect, holy. We are tainted. We would not survive in the presence of God. It's just his nature. So, we have to keep the rules. We have to do it perfectly which we can't, because we would never be good enough. But now, Paul says in Romans 3, the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, apart from the rules. Do you see it? A way to be right with God, perfectly right with God, apart from keeping the rules. Anybody interested? You know I am. Sorry for the voice this morning. Still coming back. Verse 22 says that the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because Jesus died in our place, right? Because he took our sins, yours and mine, and the whole world upon himself and paid for them with his life. How could he do that? Again, because he was the only one who never sinned. He was the only one qualified to be that substitute. And so when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in what he did for us on the cross, the Bible says that we are justified. We are made just. We are declared by God righteous before him. Yeah, but I do that and I, and I blew it over here and I did this and, I, and I'm still and I'm imperfect and I have this and I... Righteous before God, justified, made, declared just by the judge of the universe. By keeping the rules? No. By faith, 
in Jesus Christ. Perfectly righteous before God. Justified, verse 24, by his grace. In other words, not because we did anything, right? By his grace, by his unmerited favor and love to us, justified by his grace as a gift. A gift. We understand gifts at Christmas, right? If I hand you a gift, what do you have to do to receive that gift? Do you have to run around the building? Do you have to pay me money? Do you have to go out and shovel snow? Do you have to, what do you have to do if I hand you a gift? Take it, right? Right, perfect righteousness as a gift. Wow. What a load off, right? I don't have to strive in God's presence to be right before him. He offers it to us as a gift through faith in Jesus Christ. It took me, your pastor, a long time to get that truth in my heart. Because I was always striving, striving, striving. And, and if I wasn't you know, perfect and, and all of that, then God was disappointed in me, and so my relationship with God was pretty dry. I had to earn his love. Right? We don't have to earn anything. Righteousness, peace with God, Romans 5, as a gift. Wow. Because of that, you and I don't have to be perfect on our own to be right with God. Jesus did that for us. Now, because of that, because we have received this awesome, incredible gift. Of course we want to love him. Of course we want to follow him, right? Of course we want to give him our hearts and our lives and, and just, wow, you are just so incredible to us. We want to, we want to love him back. We, 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 you know, to, to say, well, now we can do whatever we want. You miss it, right? If, if, if that's what grace means, then, then we've totally missed what grace was. Somebody, somebody just, um, just pulled you out of quicksand, you know, before you went under for the third time, and you're gonna say, oh, yeah, so now I'm just gonna be mean to you and, and just not, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense, right? But we don't do those things to earn our righteousness. We do those things out of love for him. We do those things because his love is in us flowing out to other people. So we reach out and we do these, we talked about them before, the good works that God prepared in advance for us to walk in, right? His love flowing through us. But it doesn't earn us our salvation. It doesn't earn us our righteousness. You are right before, perfectly right before God. First thing when you uh, open your eyes in the morning, and the last thing before you close them. Now, do we confess our sins? Absolutely. We need to understand as the Holy Spirit you know, walks with us. No, you don't want to do that. You want to walk in, in my ways, right? And when he shows us something, we say, yeah, Lord, I blew it there. Yeah, absolutely. But still, that's not our righteousness. Our righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ, period. There's only one way to be righteous. 
faith in Jesus Christ. Everything else falls short, doesn't it? Yeah. Righteousness as a gift. God's love, his affection for us as his children, God's presence with us, always, never to leave us, God's committed love that's with us in every and any situation, and perfect righteousness, all these Gifts wrapped up in the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Isn't he awesome? Have I said that already today a few times? God is awesome. Yeah, he is. So, as I always do, um, the question is, have we opened the biggest gift? Have we opened the ultimate gift? Whether you're here today, whether you're listening online, whether you're seeing this recording, the question is, have you opened the Christmas gift of Jesus Christ? Have you opened your heart and invited him in? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, you are incredible. Today we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Today we celebrate the one who came and with him brought us beyond our just wealth beyond our imagination. All wrapped up in him. And we thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for the offer of eternal life, life that comes through Jesus, life that comes all these ways into our everyday life. And if you, listening to my voice, have never opened that door, it's not a a big, long, memorized anything and classes and this and that, simply you and Jesus. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice, open that door. I will come in. That's the door of your heart. If that's your desire to open to him this morning, say, Jesus, I do. I I open that door to you. I come to you as a sinner, understanding now that you died on the cross for my sins so that I could be forgiven, cleansed, made righteous in God's sight, not because of what I do, but because of what you did. So I'm opening my heart. Take my sin. Be my Savior. And show me what all these gifts mean for me each and every day. And for those who have opened that door, are you reveling... (laughs) in his love for you? Do you know his deep affection for you as his child? Are you basking in that love? Are you assured of his committed love day after day after day, no matter what the trial, no matter what the circumstance? Do you know 
that He's not going to forsake you. And when you can't feel His presence, maybe even today, even Christmas Day, I'm just not feeling it. Do you know that you know that He will never leave you? That His presence is just as strong with you and in you and it ever was. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your incredible gifts to us in Christ. Be glorified today and always. In Jesus' name, amen.